Toby appeared in June of, of 2019. Um, and we are now, of course, looking at each other going, oh, what on earth did we think we were doing? We've got rid of the children <laughs> and we've given ourselves a dog. This is crazy. <laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Cathy Brown. Cathy and Joe met through the Engage for Success movement and Cathy was actually our guest on show number 101. Those of you who listen regularly will know that Joe was recently dog-sitting. It was for Cathy. Running her own consultancy as Capability Brown, Cathy has a wide-ranging experience across the public, private and third sectors in raising awareness and providing practical guidance to organisations looking to improve employee engagement through many different business models. Cathy engages and energises audiences around business change, leadership and innovation. She passionately believes that helping people find a better way to work can make a big difference to people's lives, their organisations and ultimately to the country. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing a very special guest. This is show 150 and in its honour... Uh, we decided that we would return and have a guest who has been on the show already and in fact was on show number one and I listen to this quite often well listen to the first bit quite often because it has little Dodsy when she was about eight sounding very cute at the beginning Um, so I'm going to check now and see whether our guest Kathy Brown sounds as cute now as she did then. I suspect probably not Joe. Oh, you might be as cute as you were then, but maybe just not as cute as little Dodsey. Very true. <laughs> so, brilliant to have you back with me on the show. It was uh, 150 shows ago, and this yep. um, will be going out in probably February, I would think. I haven't even looked ahead to see when. Um, and I started the show, I should have looked at the date, but it was like, something like four years ago, because it's not uh, as simple as one a week, because no. I had quite a lot of... Uh, gaps as you'll know towards the beginning <laughs> um but yeah it's it's been a while so um yeah brilliant to have you on and um we are friends so we see each other quite a lot keep in touch anyway so I know what's been going on in the meantime but um start by telling people a bit about who you are and what you've been doing since we last spoke well I will um so as Joe says my name is Kathy Brown and she and I are good friends and we met through the work that I was doing at the time that I was last interviewed and that was working for Engage for Success uh, of which I was the exec director for a number of years 
Um, and that was all about engagement and setting up a grassroots movement to get people realizing that there's a, a far better way to work that treats people like human beings. So um, I left that role in uh, 2018, a little over a year ago, and that was because the organization changed and uh, we were a not-for-profit social movement. And in the end, it made more sense um, for the longevity of the organization to come under the banner of a larger organization. So I transitioned the two organizations together um, and went off to do something else. And I've spent the last year and a bit working for a fantastic organization called the Employee Ownership Association. Um, in fact, Joe and I did a podcast about that at some point, I seem to recall. Uh, in the and... caravan. Yes, in the caravan. In the caravan. I should call it a caravan studio or something, shouldn't I? You should. You should. And so the EOA is a membership organisation and um, it is it represents companies that are owned by their employees. And um, very obvious example is John Lewis. Um, but over the last year since I've been involved, um, although nothing necessarily to do with me directly, um, we have welcomed in Lush, we've welcomed in uh, Richard Sounds, Riverfood Organics, um, Ardman Animations and a number of other of quite well-known names. Um, and it's, it's been a very natural fit for me in terms of the engagement work that I've been doing previously. Uh, and so my role there was Operations Director. Um, and that interim role came to an end um, shortly before we're recording this. And I'm currently enjoying what I like to think of as a well-earned break um, in between roles. So I've got lots of stuff going on family-wise. I've got lots of stuff that doesn't perhaps get the attention when I'm working pretty much full time. Um, and so at the moment, I'm going to take an opportunity to, to just sit back a little bit and assess my life and uh, assess what actually makes me happy about work because it's something I'm very passionate about and have a think about what my next steps will actually be. So to anyone listening, they'll be thinking, oh, calm, that's lovely. But I know <laughs> that actually knowing you, that doesn't actually happen quite like that. And already I'm just thinking, apart from family things, you've got um, two lovely uh, holiday travel things coming up and you don't ever do those by halves. And you've also got two separate courses that you're studying if I remember rightly <laughs> so, so, yes so I've decided <laughs> to have opportunity to start a degree um, because of course that's hugely sensible um, so with the lovely Open University with whom I've been hugely impressed um, about oh, eight or nine months ago I started their science and maths access course because I thought I might before embarking on a degree proper thought I might actually prove to myself that I could actually do the work <laughs> Um, so I did successfully do that, which was great. Um, was only just off a distinction um, in passing the access course, which I was really pleased about. Um, so the degree is environmental studies, and that has started again a couple of weeks before we're recording this podcast. And um, the other course that I'm doing uh, is completely unrelated to that. I decided to do an online 200-hour uh, yoga certification. Um, which is so the 200-hour yoga certification is a fairly common one but this is the first online course and it's being run by a lady I got to know when I started doing hot yoga um, over in Litchfield where I used to live uh, and so I'm throwing myself into that as well so yes and, and travel and uh, family and all of the normal things that happen that you don't normally have time for because of work <laughs> Exactly. And I'm just looking back at the show notes from our original show. And I wasn't sure that we'd we'd top the combination of zombies and Morris dancing. But I think environment and yoga might do it, although they're quite, you know, maybe they're a bit more on the same side. You Maybe you need something more um, 
zombie-like to go in there as well. Oh, I'm sure we can think of something. So lots happened since and still to happen, even though you tell me this is the, you know, taking things easy. Yeah. Break thing. Um, but um, interesting that you've had that opportunity to work with the Employee Ownership Association, mm. which has been a sort of quite a different organisation compared to and working with different organisations compared to your sort of main corporate career um, and obviously you're looking now at what what do you do next you've obviously mm. got the university course which is a, a different thing again where are you in the sort of why you do what you do thing I, I don't suppose fundamentally there's going to be a change but the manifestation of that is a bit different to when we last spoke so tell us a bit more about about what it you is do what it is. I think when we last spoke, I'd had the experience of setting up my own business and working freelance for a while. Um, and I, thinking back, I mean, four years ago or so, I was I was really just at the beginning of the full exec director role with Engage for Success. Um, so I, I don't think I've been in it for very long. Um, and and absolutely, the last four years have changed how I look at work and how I look at what I enjoy out of work. So I'd already come to the conclusion that um, while I don't mind a bit of freelance work, I'm not actually interested in building up a business. Um, I, I'm not on entrepreneurial at all um, and that's actually been a really handy thing to realize I'm really glad I went and did it um, because now I know that that actually it's not something that particularly suits me and um, going full-time freelance isn't something that I would consider doing again um, and the role that Engage for Success has actually taught me that um, when you start to look at the sort of executive levels of, of looking at roles, so logically you might say that I ought to be looking at chief exec roles. Um, actually, that's not what I enjoy. So I very much enjoy, um, to some extent, being in charge. Uh, but with the uh, Engage for Success role, I was very lucky in that I had an absolutely fantastic board and our founders um, who very much functioned as part of the CEO role and I did part of the CEO role. Um, and at um, the Employee Ownership Association, I've been operations director to a really inspirational CEO. And so my realisation is absolutely I, I prefer... Um, not normal work, for want of a better word, so... Uh, regular work rather than freelance work um, but also I quite like being a second in command um, and that actually there's nothing to be ashamed of in that you know I'm 51 now coming up 52 well 52 by the time this is broadcast and and I think I can actually say um, do you know what that's fine I don't need to be the boss um, but actually I am very good at sitting between um, that strategic and executive level, because as you know, I can go out and I can I can infuse people about what the topic is and I can talk with authority generally about whatever space I'm working in, because I like to feel passion and purpose about where I'm working. But also, I really enjoy rolling my sleeves up and getting a job done. Um, and mm. so actually that balance of the two things uh, works very well in an exec director role or an operations director role where you've got somebody or a group of people who are functioning perhaps at that slightly higher um, an outward facing level uh, and just to introduce some sci-fi geekery what this reminded me of when I had this realization a few weeks ago was a um, fantastic episode of Star Trek Next Generation where Will Riker who is always uh, Captain Picard's number two um, he's actually questioned at some point and, and pushed quite hard about why he doesn't want his own captaincy and and it's that he's realized that actually he's really 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 good at being 
the second in command. Um, and why shouldn't he do that in the best ship in the fleet? Uh, and because I'm very purpose driven, I tend to work for organisations where purpose and values are hugely important. Um, you tend to find that the people in charge of those organisations, whether that's the uh, the exec level or at the board level, tend to have that absolute degree of passion and commitment and everything else that I, I find hugely attractive in a leader. Um, so mm. I'm not quite sure where that rambling has taken us, but certainly the last four years have given me some realisations about the type of organisation and the type of people that I like to work for and where in that organisation I can be most effective. It's interesting and, and you know, I think it's it's not always something people have a, a an opportunity to to review or, or maybe not so much an opportunity people don't always take the time to think about these things what no. do they really want what you know what suits them best in their life and their work and all that sort of stuff until they're sort of forced into that situation and you know it's fair mm. to say with the the changeover with engaged success that yeah. wasn't something that was inter just internal driven it was an external force that that was mm. bringing you to to have to review as well and it's so it's so valuable to have those opportunities but we don't often create them for ourselves it quite often is we don't we don't and, and I think we have a real tendency particularly in a workplace to think that we have to continue progressing upwards mm -hmm. um, and and for me that is absolutely not the case I mean I've never been like that in terms of accumulating knowledge I'm very very much consider myself um, a generalist and a polymath so interested in lots and lots of things rather than being a deep specialist so again that's always been part of my mindset um, but you know we, we certainly coming from my, my very corporate background with BT uh, you you were expected to be saying well you know I'm going to be the next level up in two years time and I'm going to be the next level up again and it, it's this culture that we get into that actually it's really valuable to challenge in ourselves and say do I want that or actually am I happy here and if I'm happy here then it's not lack of ambition or, or anything that means I'll deliver the job badly um, and so everybody else needs to get out of that mindset as well of, of thinking that somebody who's happy where they are that's great let them be happy where they are <laughs> yeah I wonder if uh, the way that the, the workplace is going as well with 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 sort of flatter structures and and you know less opportunity for sort of pure promotion for mm. our younger people will make this stuff less of a realization and more of just a business as usual for 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 younger people in their careers um because i really you know, hope that's so just the way it's going i to really be, hope yeah. so mm. i mean logically you would like to think that the even through <laughs> for want of a better term natural attrition um working culture will change but uh one of the things that i i think at the moment is still in play is that because of course we're living and working longer we've got people at the top of those business structures and those those business chains that are have been there for longer than we might have expected them to be there and um and so some of that more hierarchical culture is still very much perpetuated as people come into the workplace because that's what the people at the top are used to mm -hmm. And so you've had quite a different experience of, of ways of working over the last few mm. years, which considering uh -huh. you, as you say, you, you want to sort of be within the corporate space of some description, mm -hmm. but you've been able to do your own thing. So tell us a bit about your your own way of working, because you're you're like me, you spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, your product productivity or your potential procrastination. You have your, mm -hmm. your personal strategies for such things, which I'd love you to share. <laughs> 
Um, well, one of the things that, that was a really useful opportunity for me with the um, Employee Ownership Association, the EOA, was the opportunity to work in an office again, which I'd not done since I'd left BT in 2013. Um, and in fact, really, for the two years prior to that, since I joined Engage for Successes as a Condi, I hadn't worked in an office in any regular sort of way. Um, and one of the things I often say is that I know that home working on a regular basis doesn't suit me. So I've really enjoyed being back in an office. It's meant traveling to do it. So for the last year, I've had uh, a day, uh, a, well, a night away every week. Um, and that, that was actually really useful in terms of the, uh, in the Open University module that I started off in February. So actually having something concrete to do with that night away was, was handy. But um, it's, it's it reinforced for me that I am absolutely better in whatever role I'm doing if I've got fairly regular contact with people. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a particularly productive home worker. My partner, John, works from home two days a week these days um, and he is incredibly focused so he doesn't get distracted like I do by the dog or the gardening or the washing up or anything that I wouldn't normally be. Anything really. <laughs> be distracted by, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah could, honestly, it could be anything. Um, and uh, so one of the things that I've, I've been looking at putting in place is um, we're very lucky in my small Derbyshire town. We've just had a really lovely co-working space open up um, at, at very reasonable rates. So I'm actually going to, even when I, I haven't got work on necessarily, I'm going to book to go up there a couple of times a week because there'll be other people in the space. It's away from home. Um, and I can sit down and do things like I'm going to book a day to get my tax return done, for instance, and I'm just going to sit there. I won't be distracted by the dog of the housework and I will just play through it. And I, I know from experience that I will be more productive doing that. Um, mm. One of the other things that um, working within the EOA um, was a real contrast to Engage for Success was the fact that obviously it was uh, it's a dedicated team of 10 people, um, whereas, of course, in Engage for Success, we have this very amorphous mass of um, a core team, which is fluid, and uh, volunteers who are perhaps even more fluid. Um, and so that's that slightly more rigid structure, actually, I found quite hard to go back to. So I haven't worked in that way since, again, since I stopped working on a regular basis for BT. And so having to get used to some, some fairly hefty processes for a small organisation um was difficult and and then trying to say uh, you know i'm not trying to be disruptive however i think that there's a better way that we can do this and in some cases that more rigid structure was absolutely right and proper to deliver what was needed um, and in some other cases i've been able to change the culture of that organization and make it a bit more light touch and a bit less risk averse um in mm -hmm. terms of the the degree of control um and so and in fact, one of the one of the employees had sent me an absolutely lovely card when I left about the difference that I'd been able to make to her. Um, and that was because I'd recognised that um, she was very much on the creative spectrum, um, which she would need to be for the role that she was in. Uh, and she was feeling very, very isolated within a, a quite orderly um, organization and, and it wasn't that she was disorganized it was the fact that as I often say her organization doesn't necessarily look like anybody else's organization she knows what's going on um, but you know to anybody who's used to checklists and project plans and is comfortable in that structure the way that she was working might look quite different and that was something mm -hmm. that I absolutely identified with because I've had that all the way through my career 
Um, mm-hmm. So I still use things like Todoist. We will have talked about that on the first time um, that we did the podcast uh, and Evernote. So I mean, those are uh, online tools that have stayed with me over a number of years because they've proved their worth. Um, we've looked at um, some slightly more project-oriented pieces of software recently to help the EOA team. And, and I have to say, Microsoft have come on leaps and bounds. I mean, I'm, I'm all Apple and I, I really dislike Windows, but the Office 365 wraparound uh, is really good. Um, MS Planner is very good. Uh, Teams is very good. Um, for anybody who's looking at coming away from using fa- Facebook Workplace, for instance, as you might well want to, to do for either ethical reasons or security reasons, then MS Teams is well worth a look, um, as is Slack. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, very similar types of tools. Um, yeah. But but certainly the the systems that I use to make sure that I am as productive as I can be um, really haven't changed much over the years. I think they've proved themselves with time, and, and mm-hmm. I don't tend to to go and try the new whizzy thing because I've got something that absolutely works for me so why would I mess with that yeah absolutely and I say on a regular basis Todoist is uh, something I've mm. used for years now um, and uh, you know in, in previous years used to swap and change things around all the time but actually what I like about Todoist is you can swap and change things around within it yeah. rather than going off somewhere else so I've just started you can. I, I particularly today. I particularly yeah. like their new uh, so they've just had done a new release um, and you can now put sections in. And actually, that's for some of my slightly more wide-ranging project-type activities, because uh, mm-hmm. I, I do like to group my tasks in some way. Um, being able to put sections in has been phenomenally useful. I think it's an absolutely brilliant upgrade that they've yeah. done this time around. Really helpful. Yeah, yeah. and all their filter systems. That's what, what I change mm-hmm. all the time, how I filter my tasks so that it fits better with whatever it is I'm focusing on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the fact that you can sh- shuffle things around and change the way that you use it, yes. you know, stops me going elsewhere, which is uh, which is good because obviously, you know, we all need a refresh on our on our we planning do. when when you think we think we're not getting things done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, a bit about um, accountability because you mm-hmm. uh, you've well, firstly, let's talk a bit about the fact that you've acquired a dog since we last spoke. I have acquired a dog. It was very much um, a goal for me and my partner. So we've, we've actually had quite a long-term plan, which is unusual for, <laughs> for anybody who knows me. We'll think, what? Have you had a long-term plan? John's a bit more of a planner than I am. Um, but the intent has always been, because we lived in separate towns, I mean, about 50 miles apart, and um, we always knew that there was a, a point eventually where would we, we would be able to live together, and that was when my son reached 18. Um, and so at that point, I moved from Shrewsbury. That was about three years ago, and I moved to Litchfield to live with John. And uh, the year after that, his son was 18, and that obviously left us um, free to, to do whatever we wanted to do. And we decided quite a long time ago that we wanted to move somewhere that was where neither of us had lived together with other partners so we wanted to move away from Shrewsbury away from Litchfield and go and do something together Um, and so when I sold my house in Shrewsbury we bought a house in a little tiny town in Derbyshire called Worksworth which is on the edge of the Peak District and with the eventual plan obviously of moving here permanently of, of hopefully starting to change our working hours so that we'd got at least some time off during the week uh, and obviously part of that then for us would absolutely be having a dog um, which we've achieved this summer so we we moved a year ago permanently up here and um, Toby appeared 
in June of, of 2019. Um, and we are now, of course, looking at each other going, oh, what on earth did we think we were doing? We've got rid of the children <laughs> and we've given ourselves a dog. This is crazy. <laughs> but he is absolutely wonderful. And um, he's, he's, we, we very much wanted to be more active and we knew that having a dog would drive that because you have to. It doesn't matter what the weather's like. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. You've got to walk the dog. Um, yeah, and actually, exactly. it's it, we both like it in terms of we do as much of it together as we possibly can. Um, so we will we will wait till the other one gets back in from work, and we'll we'll walk together in the evening. Um, and and we can both tell that the increased level of activity is is helping us, obviously. And mm. um, for all, he's a bit of a muppet. <laughs> he is he is a really sweet dog he is really lovely and and we have to think I mean much as you do with a toddler we have to think really carefully about how the house is um, how we are with him because they're so sensitive to behavior um, and and so us being consistent and calm with him is really important uh, luckily we're both relatively calm people um, but yeah so our, our only traumatic incident so far was when I left my handbag out and we nipped out to the pub for an hour and came back and he'd eaten a packet of ibuprofen out of my handbag um yeah. so a, a vet's visit and 500 pounds later strangely enough I don't leave my handbag out anymore <laughs> no so you learn quickly so yes uh, <laughs> so in the first uh, show you talked about your Fitbit measuring your steps I know you still measure yep. your steps is it still Fitbit that you're using it is although I am having problems currently I bought a Fitbit Ionic um when they first came out which I think is probably two or three years ago and and I do like the sort of stuff that it does so it, it'll pick up my texts and it'll tell me that somebody's wrong me and all the rest of it mm -hmm. uh, but it's currently not charging which I'm finding deeply frustrating because um, oh, you're missing all those yeah. steps you have to add them in manually yeah. that's what I taught my well, mother-in-law to do a while ago she I know I that. I, I do, or I make sure that I've got the phone with me and the, yeah. the phone is set to Fitbit mobility or whatever it is. And um, so it does that. Yeah, so it does that. But yeah, yeah so it's still, still absolutely in the Fitbit's ecosystem. Lovely. I had a teacher to add her steps in manually because she used to wear a bum bag around the house so that all her steps in the house counted. Which <laughs> <laughs> I thought was not that practical. No. So, I started this whole thing where we got onto the dog talking about accountability because I did allude to what you were doing on one of the earlier shows because you just told me about something you've put in place to create some accountability around your habits. <laughs> I dread to think. What what did I told you, Joe? Pay <laughs> money to charities that you don't support. Oh yes. Actually, well, interestingly, yes. Um, so a, a commitment device, if you like. Um, yes. So I still use a modified version of that currently. So I'm back in the habit space at the moment. And what I've been doing is it's it's a bit of an adaptation of the Gretchen Rubin um, happiness project where she took a habit every month and, and concentrated on it. So yeah. what I've been doing for the last few months is picking two or three uh, sort of fairly standard things that I, I do but don't stick to necessarily um, and trying to embed them a bit further um, and so I've got a sort of I tend to type out almost like a, a sort of manifesto for the month um, and so the first one was um, you know do your 10,000 steps um, and, and check that you're doing them you know actually have a look at about eight o'clock in the evening and see how close you are because 
you know, if you're on 9,000, you could go and walk around the block, the dog would be happy. Um, and so just sort of putting in a little bit more checking. And um, I made a resolution with that first one to stop taking iPad and iPhone to bed. Um, so leaving them downstairs when I go to bed, uh, a couple of other bits and pieces. And what I agreed with John was um, I would give him 250 quid temporarily. And um, if I succeeded 100% um, in his view and stats that I measure and everything else, then I could use that 250 quid, um, preferably for me to buy a new Kindle, which is something that I, I don't need because I've got a perfectly good working Kindle. Um, but the new one that's come out, I really quite fancy because it's waterproof and it does the whole warm light thing and whatever, whatever. So um, I've got a, a reward type thing if I get it all right. Uh, we've got an intermediate position, which is you haven't completely cocked it up. You know, you've you've hit most of those things, but you're not 100 percent, which means that John just hangs on to the 250 quid. Um, and then we had a, and obviously you have been completely useless position, uh, which was that um, John would absolutely donate it to something that I didn't agree with. But we really struggled with that because <laughs> because we had to find somewhere that he was prepared to actually donate it to. <laughs> so it couldn't be yeah it couldn't be something crazy um and so we we settled on uh, something that would annoy us both but do no harm uh, with the british homeopathic association um because obviously i think homeopathy is complete woo woo and, and actually quite you know damaging um in its worst forms um so, so luckily i haven't been so rubbish um, that we've needed to do that uh, and I have managed to I mean my 10,000 steps are just absolutely regular now um, it was a really helpful thing to do to 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 give it that focus and um, and in fact the iPad and iPhone in bed that was no problem either I did that almost overnight so that's been going three months now haven't backslid once so I take the Kindle to bed um, if I do want to read and um, the one I'm working on this month, which is a bit patchy still, is um, drinking a reasonable amount of water. Um, so I started with a litre rather than more than that. If I, I don't often even drink that, really. Um, and, and actually, it's been a really, I'm going to say it's an evolution of the tying the hands to the masts commitment device type thing. Um, but it's been really useful to think about what are the what are the easy things to try and do so it's more like nudges than massive radical changes of my life yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. so have still you, still down that route really very cool have you have you read um, atomic habits i have i have indeed yes. i have That's james james this, somebody james clear i think isn't it yes 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 yeah, yeah. so some of the, that stuff's what he's talking about as well isn't it so uh, yes yeah. it is and there's a there's a lady we did you know we did this last time we were both talking about books and none of us yes. neither of us could remember who they were by um there's yes. a lady there's a who, friend of ours listened to it recently didn't yeah. they and he said yes he said did you remember that book i was like uh no you know <laughs> so there's um there's a book around um small habits by a lady who used to work for microsoft um right. which might actually be called start small i think yeah Something like that. We'll have to look for it now then. Yeah, least, we'll have to look for it. Admitting to not knowing at this time rather than uh, frantically trying to work it yes. out. <laughs> so, excellent. So, uh, so, yeah, so that's accountability and habits all, all covered off there. Um, yep. And, and it sounds like the health bit is improving then with the with the walking with, with uh, Toby anyway. Well, it's certainly... Dog, everyone. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lovely thing to do. I mean, I think it helps mm. both our mental health and our physical health. Um, and certainly uh, anything you read. So I, I'm, I'm down a route now of reading about how to age well, um, having read a, a super book that I know I gave you a copy of called The Age Well Project, um, yeah. which is, is a, a couple of ladies with a really good scientific inquiring mindset, from my point of view, who are investigating all of the research that is out there around and the new research that comes out into how to, you know, we're all getting old, how do you do that most effectively? Um, and I picked up some really, really interesting things from it. I mean, some stuff that you know, but you don't really know why you know that it's perhaps important for you to do. Uh, and so I'm drilling down into that. And then also um, some fascinating things where I'd absorbed so perhaps relatively recent nutritional knowledge, for instance, not realising that it had in fact been superseded by new research. Um, mm. And so getting into all of that has sort of informed again habits that I try and pick up or things that I try mm. and do. Yeah, it's a really good book. I, I've read it. Mm. Um, this will make you laugh. This sounds like you and your musical instruments. I've managed to buy a treadmill and a little trampoline as a result of reading the book. I think I've used the tra treadmill twice so far and I haven't even used the trampoline yet. <laughs> well, you see, I've been down the treadmill route before, so I managed to avoid that one. Um, but I do now have a cupboard full of various different sorts of green tea. <laughs> well, the, the, um, the treadmill that's very frustrating is that I plugged it in and it turned my internet off. So yeah, okay. obviously that sort of defeats the object slightly of being able yeah, to- it does really. Walking, <laughs> and so in true Joe style, I've decided actually it's my one of my superpowers. One of my superpowers is googling stuff, finding things out. Yeah, yeah. I, me so often, you know, oh, do you know how to do this? Or oh, have you heard of that? Or whatever. Mm. And I just go on to Google, and I like relentlessly come up with searches, change mm. the way I do it, whatever, whatever. You're you're a bit the same. Um, I am. And so I find the answer, but some people just assume you know oh I don't know you know do you know the answer and I always think well, why don't you just google it I just googled it yeah I think you have to get good at asking the right questions so I googled it and I found um an explanation it's something to do with things that are being emitted from mm. from it and lots of people had had the same problem generally not just with this particular yeah um and I found uh um a Belkin adapter thingy socket um mm. with dongle which, type thing uh, whatever the issue was so i ordered it it was only like eight quid or something so i sorted ordered it plugged it in it worked i thought oh i'm so good this this mm. googling you know amazing uh and then i went to use it finally for like the second time <laughs> today i plugged it all in and the internet went off and i unplugged <laughs> it and now it doesn't fix it so i haven't I haven't even got the energy to start googling it again yet no. but i have decided that what i ought to do is combine it with reading my business book that i want to read and it's really interesting um mm. which i say because then it will become a thing on the show notes and it's also about habits it's called the oh i forgot what it's called now revolution machine no it can't be revolution get it routine <laughs> the routine machine john lamerton okay yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm halfway through the book and um, really enjoying it, but um, never get around to reading it. Uh, mm. So I thought oh, I could do the treadmill and the book. There won't be any internet, so I won't have any choice. And therefore, I'll have yes. that's called habit stacking, isn't it? If I remember right. It is. Habits. It is indeed. Yes. So that's the next plan. I haven't done that bit yet. <laughs>
But you know, we'll get there. And then I'll, I'll start getting yeah. the money out and finding somewhere I don't want to park to next. That'll yes. that'll be the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so to ask you about because mm -hmm. um, I know we both have experience of it and you mentioned it briefly but didn't say when you've been staying away from home in the last however mm. many months you've been Airbnb haven't you I have I have indeed and I have indeed you, we've both had good, good experiences I've been reading recently some really bad experiences and people mm. say that they'd never dream of doing it and they'd always go to a hotel and everything else and I actually don't I like anonymous hotels and I also like anonymous Airbnbs you're not quite the same um tell us about your experience and and what you think about airbnb yes well when it when it first started surfacing i was i was quite sort of dubious so i wasn't really an early adopter as such i don't think um but because of working freelance what i was finding was i was having to stay away down in london or whatever else it was and i was having to pay for it myself and hotels are really expensive and so i was looking perhaps for an alternative way of doing it um, and so I did, a, my first Airbnb experiences were, were down in London, so little places quite close to Euston. Um, and in general, what I find with Airbnb hosts is they, if you're, if you're clear that you want to be left alone, they'll leave you alone. Um, if you're clear that you're happy to chat, then they'll be happy to chat. And um, I, a little bit like you, I'm, I'm generally, I mean, I'll be friendly, but I kind of like to keep myself to myself. Um, the, the difference over the last year has been that I've been staying every week in the same place. So rather than just sort of turning up and doing one night and going away again, which is fine, um, I've obviously been turning up on a regular night every week at a regular time to the same place. And that absolutely does make a difference. And um, But then we've also used Airbnb for holidays as well. So we've used Airbnb now in Cyprus. And um, we've used Airbnb down on the Gower coast in Wales. Um, and so you, you've got all of these spectrums of um, uh, people who use it to advertise an existing holiday home, um, uh, right up to the proper people's view of it, which is a room in somebody's house. And we've ended up um, being Facebook friends with people that we've stayed nights with. Uh, that happened to us in Shrewsbury, and in fact, they recommended to us a particular car, which we then went and bought. So, <laughs> a very strange experience. Um, but then, I'm say a lovely experience with the the lovely young couple that I've been staying with for the last year up in Hull, um, Tim and Rachel. And I'm say I just lovely to chat as I come through. Um, you know, always you know, if you need a bath or a shower, just help yourself. If you want to use the kitchen to cook your tea, just help yourself. And then always happy to chat if I wanted to chat. But most evenings, I'd potter upstairs and I'd go and sit in my room and I'd do my OU work and obviously then entirely happy to to just leave me be to get on with it um, mm -hmm. and we went out for a, a really nice pub tea um, a couple of weeks ago uh, to bemoan the fact that that was it I wasn't coming up again um, mm -hmm. and it's really strange you know there's, there's over well over a year 15 months of staying every week in somebody's house and and that would never have happened before Airbnb at all no no exactly yeah it's interesting I am um... I tend to not want to stay with people on the basis that although I'm very sociable I like to be on my own and the trouble is I'm mm. too sociable so I couldn't go somewhere and not be sociable in fact I remember staying in a and a B and b which I don't normally go to either for the same reason up in York I was going to mm. it was when it was when the Ascot was in York you know Royal Ascot wasn't in Ascot yeah, yeah. it was in York my friend had a hen weekend and I booked this B and b and I was a bit like reluctant about going and certainly about staying in somewhere that was less anonymous than a hotel. 
and, and, and this is exactly why, because I, I turned up, they checked me in, and within half an hour, I was sitting in the owner's sitting room, cradling their baby, watching telly with them for the evening. <laughs> How that happened? Yeah. Sort of why I have to. And in fact, my one B&B thing where I stayed with other people, I, um, I had a massive hangover the next day, so I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> but so uh, yeah like you I've had some really good experiences in the last um couple of years I tend to look at super hosts because I always sort of think to myself they're a bit more vetted or legit or whatever and I, I don't know I can't remember what the criteria is for them to be one of those things but uh I, I've you know I just have these sort of visions of turning up somewhere and there being no house there You've, there's been some mm. horror stories in there but uh we had a very good experience in um Prague didn't we a very lovely penthouse apartment so, we did um, that was lovely very cool yeah please before the last couple of questions what about that sort of, sort of learning and developing thing you you clearly sign up for courses mm -hmm. um in in uh, droves no no two two at the same time um but um you, you read books are you still listening to your podcasts? That's what you talked about last time. I do. I do. In fact, I've gone um, slightly different tack on that, really. Um, so I do less um, educational, informational podcasts. I do a lot of politics podcasts currently. Um, so I've, I've come from quite a politically aware family, and I, I've always liked to be um, sort of politically aware and informed. Um, and I have found that hugely difficult and frustrating with Brexit and, and everything else that's happening in the UK currently. Uh, so I listen to um, a couple of, of podcasts uh, in, in that vein, one called Romaniacs and one called On the Hat. On the house, on the house, in the house, on the house, um, which is uh, two MPs who go for a pint in uh, one of the Westminster pubs that I know um, after Parliament on a Thursday night, and and obviously drag along various people to talk to them, um, and that's been hilarious over the last three weeks because they were both people who defected from the Tories. They started off both Tory, um, and they're now both Lib Dem. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, really funny. But but the insights uh, that I get from from those I, I find really useful. And and they're all done with a sense of humour as well, which is, you know, thank heavens, given the uh, the polarisation and the nastiness that we have seen in this country over the last three years. Uh, so I, I listen to those a lot. Um, there's a couple of others in the uh, slightly more um, I suppose I, I'm not sure if it's the word to use, but it, it, perhaps in the slightly more spiritual sense. Um, so we have a, a, a really interesting practitioner here in Worksworth in our small Derbyshire town who's been a Buddhist monk for many years and um, is very much around helping people explore issues that they've had in the past um, to, to get to a better sense of themselves. Uh, and they do a fabulous set of, of videos that I quite often watch or just listen to on audio um, around all sorts of things, working with your inner child and how to stop comparing yourselves to other people and how to trust yourself more and a, a huge array of, of, sort of personal growth type topics. So I, I listen to that quite a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Lovely. So last couple of questions then. Firstly, what happens if it all goes horribly wrong, if you have a, a bad day? How do you deal with that? Um, currently, I cuddle the dog. I cuddle John. 
um, I've, I've got a, a lovely selection of friends both here in our small Derbyshire town and online. I mean, I think I probably said last time I, I never discount online friendships as being hugely supportive. Um, so I will. I, I'm much better these days at reaching out if I'm if I'm having a bad day rather than keeping it all internal. Um, but to be honest, nothing really be beats pulling the walking boots on and taking the mutt out for a walk. Mm. Lovely. And that sounds like a nice entry onto the last question, which is about what you do on a day where you're living more. So where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do. We have to do. I guess that's your mm. next few months, isn't it? But what's it that is. Like? <laughs> it is. Um, well, uh, absolutely. The, the getting outside, um, whether that's in my garden, which is about to be massively redesigned or whether it's with the dog or or whatever else. So there's big thing there about about being outside in some way and we're about to commence a huge building project which is that last part of that ultimate goal so we're building John a music studio um, and that is now turning into a two-story building with a meditation garden and yoga room for me on the top so I'm excited about all of that uh, I love to do things with my hands so whether that's cooking um, or whether it's uh, whether it's gardening again or crochet or weaving or something with wool um, so I've got a couple of crochet projects well I'm, I've got hundreds of crochet projects on the go but I've got a couple that I'm actively working on because um, <laughs> it's a nice time of year for that and um, John and I both like to travel so when we've got the leisure at the moment neither of us work on a Friday um, so we like to take long weekends where we can um, either go and see friends or obviously take the dog the tent although not the tent obviously at this time of year um, and go off and do stuff and uh, we're very um, musical I suppose so John's a musician and um, I still Morris dance we found new Morris side to, to join since we moved um, we're getting involved now with more live music sessions and um, running a, a sort of community group at the moment called music works which is around um, supporting the local youngsters really um, either through the schools or through live gigs or whatever else so working with some friends of ours to to do more of that brilliant Sounds like you haven't got time to go back to work, so enjoy. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, got to got to pay the mortgage somehow. <laughs> Lovely, thank you, Kathy. Really enjoyed catching up with you again, albeit we do it all the time, but from a sort of podcast yeah. point of view, after one hundred and fifty shows, great to have you back. I wait eagerly for number three hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business or making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.